Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington, Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Today, Philip talks about overcoming being financially overwhelmed. Philip Washington, Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple, brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us and StonehillWealthManagement.com. Uh, WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us, I just this morning dropped a blog post that is normally closed to premium subscribers, those that pay 200 bucks a year for premium content, but I made it open because I think it was such a... Uh, informative piece for people is about target date funds and why I changed my stripes on liking target date funds because they, on a glide path, move more of your money into bonds um, and, um, you know, bonds are not assets in my estimation that over the next decade are going to... uh, overcome the devaluation of money, let alone most of the stocks in target date funds are old industrial economy uh, stocks, which are also, in my belief, not going to overcome the next decade inflation hurdles. So check it out, wealthbuildingmadesimple.us. I spell it out in a short, easy to read uh, format. It's going to be the one of the first ones that pop up on the wealth principles section of the newsletter. But today we are talking about overcoming being financially overwhelmed, right? And this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I'm, I've am i had consultations with a couple of people, a few people, quite a few people that are feeling financially overwhelmed. And feeling financially overwhelmed is not relegated to like a certain amount of money, right? There's people that feel financially overwhelmed because they feel like they don't have enough money and they're running out of time. And then there's people that are feeling financially overwhelmed because they have lots of money and there's lots of like demand or claims or asks on their money. And so it it adds pressure. And so the the way to navigate both is uh, the same process, but it's separate from like the amount of money you have. And the feeling of overwhelm, like you know you're feeling financially overwhelmed if you're being like very self-critical, right? If you're overjudging yourself or you're overjudging others. Judging yourself and judging others are two sides of the same coin. And so it's it's why, you know, I think there's a Bible verse that says, like, get the log out of your eye if you're looking at the speck in somebody else's eye, right? So, like, um, when you, you, you might look at somebody and look at what they do, and, and so it's, it's a difference between, like, observation and judgment, right? Observation is just stating something like, you know, hurting people hurt people, right? That's just the observation. Like if somebody's hurting, they're going to hurt people. You know, judgment is like when you start when you start getting into like the reasons and all that kind of stuff. That's 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 where you get into like judgment internally, even if you don't express it externally, right? So when when you pay attention to your thoughts, 
a lot of times we see, because all of us judge, right? It's just a level of, it's just relative judgment, right? But like you begin to become aware of of your judgments, right? And the easy way is to just, in moments where you don't feel good, right? That's judgment, right? If, if you, when you don't feel good, if you pause and then you begin to observe your thoughts, right? In that moment, you're judging something in a, in a, in a negative way, right? So like uh, being self-critical, um, is indication of overwhelmment, right? Another indication is when, you know, one of my questions that I'll ask people in, in a planning session is paint me a picture of how you want life to be five years from now, 10 years from now, or uh, in retirement, whatever the goal might be. And a lot of times people will say, well, I, you know, I'll be fine with, right? And they'll give some minimum standard of living, right? Or, you know, I, you know, I can get by on, right? And, when you think about the life that we get to live and appreciating it and you wrap your mind around the fact that like we get to live it right what um it's meant to be lived taking the steps towards a dream right not a settlement you know not a settle settlement right i don't mean the word settlement but like not a settlement uh and so like when you're in a point where you are not feeling excited about dreaming about the life you want to live, right? That's the indicator of financial overwhelmment, right? Comparative thinking, right? Thinking, oh, this person uh, has it and I don't. What's wrong with me? Or this person has it or I don't. Or this person has it, but they cheated. Or this person has it, but they inherited it from their parents. Or this person had it because of their gender or racial or orientation or oh, this right you begin to compare yourself and when you compare yourself in order and in, in, in you uh, again going back to ascribing reasons right when you're comparing yourself and then you ascribe a reason this person has it because right it's a self-soothing mechanism meaning like since we like to feel good if somebody has what we want then and you're and you're thinking from a not positive place, then you go, oh, in order to balance myself out in my mind, I have to chop down, right? Uh, chop them down, right? So I have to say they have this because whatever, right? They they come from money, uh, their gender, right? Their race, uh, whatever it might be. And it's, it, it's people go, well, Philip, but what if it's true? Well, that truth has nothing to do with you, right? Meaning like, meaning somebody who says that, I'm like, in a world where Jay-Z is a, about to be a multi-billionaire and he came from very humble beginnings, right? Or if you study any of the great wealth generators, a lot of them came from humble beginnings and, and evolved upwards, right? And even you take somebody like um, Pierpoint Morgan, you know, J.P. Morgan, who came from money, but even though he came from money, he shaped finance in America. So he he built on the foundation that he has. I I, I still consider that a positive thing, right? Because it's, it's all about evolution, right? It would it would be the equivalent of saying you can't give anybody in this current generation props because we didn't learn how to hunt buffalo and kill them by ourselves, right? We have to rely on going to the supermarket. No, like the previous generations foundation or gifts is what allows us to build on top of right and if you want to call that spoiled call me spoiled but i'm just saying like it's about evolution right like wasting your talents is when you're like 
staying on that level, right? When you're like just saying, okay, I'm not going to evolve the level that I'm at to benefit, to create a foundation for the next generation, right? That's that's when you're wasting your talents. And so like um, the other one is when you're thinking like scarcity around time and money, right? Like you're thinking, I got to figure this out now. And that, and that, like, there's 20 year olds who think that, 13, you know, 13 year olds who think that, eight year olds, 48 year olds, 58 year olds. Like, just remove time boundaries and, and, and dream outside of time boundaries because um, all these things that we are wanting to accomplish or wanting to do financially is really just to make us feel good. Right, whether it's ten million, a billion, five million, a million, five hundred thousand, like all you know, uh, all the money that we have is really meant to uh, make us make us feel good. And so, whether you're thirteen or fifty-eight or seventy-eight, like you have the ability now to feel good because you want to feel good. Right, you don't have to wait for the thing to feel good, and 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 here comes the solution with how to overcome financial overwhelm. Because what like we call contrast or conflict or experience, all that does is like create the ask or create the create the reference point where we can decide to like improve. Right, so we live life, we do this, and then we go, oh, I did this, I liked it or I didn't like it. It doesn't really matter. Because the outcome is, I know how to experience it better, right? So that experience creates a new ask. Call experience like the foundation for the next generation, right? And generation doesn't have to mean like a a, a physical person or a new, like a generation is just a new mindset, right? So, so you have an experience and then you generate a new mindset, a new outcome that you can grow into, right? But here's the thing, if you've, if, if you, if you have the foundation and then you, from the foundation or from the experience say, like for example, um, uh, I I went to this restaurant and the restaurant was great and the bill was two hundred dollars and in that moment I could pay it or I could not pay it but but a thought let's say you can pay it but then and then you go then you go you may not think it consciously it may just be an unconscious thought you go man I would like to be able to do this every week or twice a week right that would be a great thing right that's a that's a new reality that that you want to be able to do that is there right but you're not currently doing it so in order to do it you have to uh in order to make that a reality which is something that's unknown right you got to have faith right because there's two sides of the mind right there's the creative side of the mind which is where faith resides and imagination and then there's the analytical right all analytical can do is what ai can do it can analyze past data right and predict Right. But if you're using past data to create your future, that's not going to be data in your future. You know what I mean? Because you have not been able to do that in your future. You have to you have to rely on faith to say, I can create this future. Right. And so the power of relying on faith or what I call confidence to hold your world together, like eliminates overwhelmment. Because if, you know, if your power relies in your uh, experience or in your physical resources, right, then you're only using the analytical side of the mind. You can only, like, recreate what you've experienced. But if you say, no, like, like this is the edge of, like, my experience, right? Right now is the 
edge of like time for me, literally and figuratively, but it's the edge of time for me. And in order for me to create new experiences, I have to believe in it. I have to have faith in it, right? Then as you practice that over and over again, you begin to go, oh, like faith creates the coincidences or the luck or attracts the people to me that can make this dream a reality. Because people are attracted to people based on how they feel, right? We, 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 we think that it's something else, but it's really just feeling, right? Because how you feel is how you express life, right? And so how you move is how you attract people. And so um, and if you want to change, the, and all, the only way to authentically change the way you move is to change the way you feel. And then it becomes effortless to attract the cooperative people and things in your life to create that future, right? I love this, this, these two, um, I don't remember what they were. I think they were economists, but they got a Nobel Prize in like 1954 or 57 called Kenneth Arrow and uh, Gerard DeBro. And uh, it's called the Grand Auction, right? It's the guiding power behind markets, right? And what I call markets is Markets are a representative of the mindsets of all participation generating. So think of it like a collective mindset, right? Very similar to us because we're just a collective mindset of the environment we grew up in, right? The ideas that our parents had that were passed down to them from previous generations, people that were around us were like, we're just a collection of those things. So the market is a collection of of all the ideas participating right now. And so this, this uh, grand auction idea explains how markets find equilibrium, which is how mindsets find equilibrium. So it the the analogy is like in the beginning, there's all the participants, there's all the goods and services um, <clears throat> that the participants want and desire, and prices are unknown, right? Because nobody knows the value of anything. And so everybody simultaneously bids for what they want. So they say, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay this for for this thing. And the grand auctioneer, which is sort of like an algorithmic algorithmic manager, right? Um, they place the bids and the asks or the, the the bids and the goods and services together. And over time, the market finds equilibrium, right? So, so the time element is when there's volatility in price discovery or spiritual world says self-discovery, right? Same thing, but equilibrium is found uh individually and then collectively right because everybody has their own free will to to bid you know to follow their own path right the ones that 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 discover that has the best self-discovery process for finding the price um gets the reward um you know sooner right but um the market or everybody eventually finds it right so i'm gonna like I'm going to use the example of like humanity as a whole and how we continue to evolve um, through like markets or this grand auctioneer process, right? So, um, and 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 I I love to watch like older type stuff. Like I'm watching Warrior on HBO, but like all these old like movies around like in. Um, I won't get down the path of that, but I don't really judge the context of like what's going on in the movie because I'm warriors about like gangsters or whatever. But it it's it gives more it gives context into just how how humans and society operate, right? And how it evolves and how we continue to judge the past based on like our future understanding. But uh 
these are like the core elements of every society that we continue to uh, have experiences and then desire better and better futures for future generations. So like information, right? So uh, we all, we we continuously find a way to share information better, right? Information used to cost a lot more than what it, today is basically free. Like not even a couple hundred years ago, information was like extremely expensive and not available to all, right? Communication is something that's relatively free today that used to cost a lot more just in my lifetime, like long distance phone calls, you know what I mean? Like that was crazy. Like entertainment used to cost a whole lot more. Matter matter of fact, entertainment now is getting close to being free, be um, or relatively free because like the newer generation and the ability to play these free games and get entertainment from that. Is, you know, you you can pay for some to upgrade your experience, and there's still the physical experience of entertainment. But like the cost of entertainment is significantly down for. Uh, to meet the satisfaction needs of uh, of the average person, right? Uh, energy costs, right? It used to be super expensive to acquire energy, and that's been trending down and down and down. Food, that's obvious. Making things, that's becoming cheaper first with globalization, right now with automation and 3D printing and robots. Uh, education, right, that's being democratized. Medicine, that's becoming that needs to get more expensive fast, more cheaper, faster, but it's it's on the way. Um, and so like what markets do is they connect the past with an uncertain future through price discovery, right? So I'm calling the I'm calling the the bids like the experience that we have and then we ask for a better experience, right? And then we we meet up with it relative to uh, our ability to uh, flow with change. This is something that Steve and I were just talking about before the podcast. We were talking about the evolution of the radio industry. And we talked about um, how it started off as the wild, wild west around the 30s, right? And then over time, as power consolidated, they began to institute regulations and uh, put things in place to say, oh, you can only own so many stations, right? And that was around the 70s, 80s. And, and and the problem with like overparenting an economy is at the time when they were trying to overparent the economy, the the new generation had already created a different vehicle for communicating and being entertained, which was like cable TV. And so you had a bunch of people stay in the industry, even to this day, right? We were talking about one of the largest, um, um, uh, you know, Evolve radio stations uh, that, that evolved into iHeart Radio that's doing layoffs, you know, you know, all you know, all the time now, every every year. But it's because whenever you regulate an industry, then you take away like the soul of it, you know. Um, but the, but the soul kind of sort of already left and had moved towards a new generation, a new expression of the communication idea. Like so, it had already went to cable TV, but regulation like creates like a like fake lifeblood right it's just finance it's just it's just financial engineering in it but you have like people that still work in it and they have the illusion of (laughs) of value right because it's being held together through unnatural forces and it and it stops people from moving into newer energy so the reason why you might have the owners of spotify or the owners of these new platforms of technology like 
so rich relative to everybody else is because not everybody didn't move there, right? If if everybody moved with the rate of change at the same speed, then you would have you would have maybe like less people worth three hundred billion and and more people worth like ten million, right? You'd have like an evenly distributed wealth, right? Where everybody can buy and experience what they want. Um, because everybody's moving with the market and everybody would be good, but everybody doesn't move with the market, right? For 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 different reasons. And I don't want to again, I don't want to judge. I don't want to get into the reasons. I'm just saying this is the mechanics of how it works, right? So like evolution is gonna be what it's gonna be in the marketplace, and the market is gonna move, right? Um, and uh and I know and, and if you if you understand that like uh faith and confidence is your foundation, then you can continue to move with the market and not place your faith and confidence in the thing or the experience, which makes you stay locked into a um, old idea that is no longer relevant to where the market is going, right? And so um, I'm going to hit a couple of ideas on more evolutions and then we're going to end this thing. But like Microsoft in the news is worth $3 trillion right now. Because, and Microsoft is a great example of like a company that's like continuing to evolve with new ideas, right? Apple, Meta, Tesla, Amazon, Bitcoin, right? Gaming for what it's doing with entertainment, 3D printing, robotics, right? AI as an education solution. I watched an interview on Shannon, Shannon Shake Club Shay Shay with Country Wayne who's making tons of money on Facebook by delivering entertainment in a uh, unique way that the market wants. And he's doing it at low cost. Like he plays his actors like way more than what Hollywood does. Uh, and they only work four days a week, right? Because he's evolving with the time. At the same time that some actors are complaining about getting money, his actors who are like not known by most people are making more money than most actors by a guy who's shooting, doing Facebook content on his iPhone. Um, I got a client who is managing an ad agency and is making millions of dollars a year now, um, and he focuses on just doing Facebook ads for wealth managers, right? Um, so I think the 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 way to not be financially overwhelmed is to not place your your faith and confidence in like idols, right? In in the expressions of an idea, because the expressions of an idea fade, right? But, but internally, you have a you have a guidance system that is guiding you in the background. Uh, but it can only guide you if you detach your, you know, detach your confidence and your faith in things in the analytical mind, in things that have already. Um, played out. And I want to say one more thing because people go, so are you saying there's no there's no uh there's no value in old ideas? The value is in the principle. Like the the, the seed of the old idea is the principle, right? Because that's timeless. You know, what I just mentioned, the information, the communications, the making things, like those are all things that we're all gonna do, right? And then principles like love, abundance, freedom, joy, right? Those are all things that we're going to seek through those channels, through those industries, through those markets. We're going to always do that. So like that's that's going to happen, right? And 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 there's going to be people that today 
don't want to get on Facebook or they on they want a phone call or they want to meet up in person, right? I'm saying like that is completely fine. Let people get what they're going to get. But I'm saying as a smart business person or a smart investor, you have to be objective about saying, all right, this demographic, they are, they are, this is where they are mentally. And there's going to be a uh, more competition because people naturally want to not move through change fast. So if you're trying to serve a demographic in a in an established way, there's going to be more competition and less return potential, right? And it's fine as long as you're cool with that. But most people are navigating this blindly. You know, they're applying more energy and effort to ideas that don't have much juice in it when there's infinite ideas being created every single day that has lots of upside and relatively low risk if you understand the principle that is playing out and how it forms over time. That's my point. Hope this helps. Until next week, y'all enjoy yourself. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. 